Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ew! Ew! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for NFL Network, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Kate Majuk, content manager with DraftKings Nation, and Jake Trowbridge, social media extraordinaire and contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. What's up, guys? Happy Monday. Oh, Nerfin. Just excited to get into some discussions about, uh, I guess, tight ends, if we have to. Yeah. I mean, this is only the second time that we've done this, folks. Like, we really needed to get you this tight ends episode, because I I screwed up the first recording. So this is round two, baby. Round two, but we're going to change it up a bit. So we're not having the same conversation we just had, even though it was a great conversation, and we'll still include all the good stuff. But I added in trivia, which we did not do before, because... Uh, that would have been pretty lame, right? If we already did trivia and then you guys were guessing the same thing. <laughs> but I added in trivia questions and that's going to be our first little fun segment. I, I always love trivia because you guys um, don't come out looking the brightest and that makes me giggle. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to bring you back talk of the town. We haven't done that in a bit, but talk of the town. It's mostly goes off of what everyone is talking about on Twitter as of late and what they're all upset about on the Twitter sphere about fantasy football. And it, it's not just been this week. It's been this entire offseason where people can't handle the Gabriel Davis ADP. They just literally, there's two sides. He's either far too expensive or people really like him. And this conversation seems to never end. So we're going to talk about our feelings on Gabriel Davis and what he'll do in 2022. And then we'll get into our second year tight end. Of course, should we start with trivia? Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm ready to take you downtown. I think we have some good ones. I think I think I pulled up some good ones that you guys should be able to get right, at least some of them. Okay, right. Michelle, literally, we sit next to each other in the same room when we record the podcast, and Michelle is tilting her laptop away from me. Yeah, I feel like you're look. like... Good, keep her honest. Yes, yeah. this was... It's like back in the day in math class when you used to like have a test <laughs> and you'd put up your binder, you'd make a binder fort. So nobody could cheat off yeah, you. Yeah, I don't want people cheating. I tried hard. I studied. Leave me alone. Did you really? You studied? For math, yeah. All right. <laughs> First question. Who are the top five wide receivers in fantasy points scored? We're going to do PPR since we are a PPR podcast, and that is now the new standard, over the last three seasons. So top wide receivers Ooh. in PPR points over the last three seasons. Uh so you got to think about games missed here probably somewhat because it's not mm. it's not points per game. But top five, you can just start naming guys. It, it doesn't have to be in order, just guys in the top five. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's number one. Whee! That's just how amazing this year was because this is over the last three years and he didn't really do a whole ton the two years before. So, dang it. But um, Cooper Cup's number one. DeAndre Hopkins? He's not in there. <gasps> Drink. Oh. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, and they're all drink two because you got two. Kate, drink your one. Don't be a cheater. Sorry about that. <laughs> we're, I'm telling you, if you keep cheating, we're going to have to get the trapper keeper out in full force <laughs> for this one so you can't be peering over. Oof. Ah. Oof. Kate, name a really good wide receiver in the league. <laughs> Just I anyway. feel like Michael Thomas could still be in that top five. Despite no, he hasn't all played for two years. No, he's oh. not in it. I want to say based on consistency, Mike Evans. No, but he was six, but you oh. still got to drink. Allen Robinson. No, drink. I will give you guys both two more guesses. And if you get one right, you get another Okay. Guess. Oh, oh, okay. I'm going three seasons. Let's go with, uh, I don't know. I can't think of anybody that would be consistently the top five. Like, at all. Debo Samuel, based on last year. No. 
You guys are just naming good players in 2021. <laughs> Stefan Diggs. Yes, he's number three. Good job. Yay, I finally got one. It's my first time. So, Jake, you get one more guess if you don't get one right. No um, uh, this is brutal. Let's go with Chris Godwin. No. You guys are missing a really big one. Tyreek Hill. Yes. Come on. He's number four. Oh. Now you're just missing number five. Kate has another guess. Can we do a refresh of what we've got so far? Cooper Cup number one, Devonta Adams two, Stephon Diggs three, Tyreek Hill four. You got a fifth. This guy is a PPR monster. Keenan Allen. Yes. Yes. Ooh, number five. Nice. Keenan Allen face. has scored the fifth most fantasy <laughs> points. I think that's kind of crazy. Um, actually, so I was doing some research for my hashtag locked on dynasty football podcast. Um, there are two players that have had at least, uh, I think the threshold was 120 targets over each of the last three seasons. Can you guess? I'll, I'll give you the first one and it's Keenan Allen. Can you guess the second? It's, it's at least 120. Yes. 120. Brandon targets. cooks. You wish. Oh, I thought you said I thought you were gonna say you win, and I was gonna get so excited. Four straight seasons excited. of 130 targets. 130. Oh. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, I don't know. It's not Mike Evans. It's Travis Kelsey. Oh, that makes sense. Just like how crazy is that yeah. though? Crazy. This isn't your trivia game, Kate. Get out of here. You're taking <laughs> stealing the thunder. Siege. All right. Second question. It's still going with wide receivers here. Apparently, I'm on a wide receiver roll. How many games? There's kind of a two-parter here. How many games did Cooper Cup score 20-plus fantasy points last season? What is the question? Ooh. How many games did Cooper Cup score 20-plus fantasy points last season? Did he play all seven I want to say it's – Yes. I think so. I'm going to say 12. Nope. I'm going to say 14. Okay, did you look? No, I swear to okay, God. Okay, it's 14, so I have to drink at least three sips. Nice. Yes. That's, that's a, that's well a good done. one. Well done. Let's go. Let me drink my sips. And I, I, Kate, I is, Kate is on fire. Kate is on fire. <laughs> All right, to show. You can't talk about yourself in the third person like that. <laughs> Kate does what Kate wants. To show how crazy <laughs> this was for Cooper Cup to do this, 14. By the way, the next closest person was Devo Samuel with eight. Eight. Anyway. Wow. But only two other wide receivers have scored 20-plus fantasy points in more than 10 games in a single season since 1991. That's as far back as my data goes. I didn't just randomly stop it in 1991, even though I was born in that year. So it's a good year. Only two other wide receivers have done this, have scored more than 10 games. Cooper Cup scored 14. Any guesses on these two guys? They're really big names. I, don't, I won't make you guess the year, but... Any guesses? Randy Moss. Antonio Brown. Oh my God! You guys. <laughs> Is it both? Yeah, you guys just nailed that. <laughs> what? Oh my God! How much do you have to drink, Michelle? I don't know, but that was crazy. <laughs> Antonio Brown had 12 such games in 2014. Randy Moss had 11 such games in 2003. That is so funny. Oh my God! You're Dang. gonna be so wasted. Okay, and then one, <laughs> one more question off this, and then I have one more trivia question. But only one quarterback has scored 20-plus fantasy points in 14 games, what Cooper Cup did. But he, there's only one quarterback that has actually done that since 1991. So, again, this so is wait, how crazy Cooper wide, Cup's. Two wide receivers have done it, but no. only one quarterback? Antonio Brown only hit 12 games. Randy Moss only oh, hit 11. Okay. Those are just the only three that have hit over 10 games. Okay. Aaron Rodgers is the That's only guy. Insane. Oh, my God. I just gave it away. You just ah! Aaron Rodgers <laughs> in 2011. It You're going to get your trivia privileges yeah, revoked. Bad. It was Aaron Rodgers in 2011. He's the only one to do that. Only one. Flop. Cooper Cup's. 2021 season is insane. Insane. And I'm so sick of people being like, well, he's going to regress. Yeah, he's going to regress. It still doesn't <laughs> matter. He still could regress a ton and be the wide receiver one. And he will be. All right. Last one. This is not nearly as fun. And I don't know what made me pick this. Like, who wants to talk about the Bears? I have no idea. But which player on the Chicago Bears last season was second on the teams in targets, receptions, and receiving yards? Oh, David God. Montgomery. No. Drink. I know it isn't Cole Komet. It's about time I had a drink. I was getting thirsty. Who? 
<laughs> Who's the second receiver even on that team? I literally can't name them beyond Darnell Mooney. I don't know who is beyond Darnell Mooney. It wasn't Allen Robinson, which people are probably yelling I was just about to Obviously, it wasn't him, or else this would have been a question. Yeah, he only had like 60 targets or something ridiculous. It was like nothing. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm really Jimmy Graham! (laughs) (laughs) Who are the wide receivers? Uh... You guys are not on the right path, so I'm going to say it so we can get moving on, but... Because Jake already actually said the name. And he said, I know it wasn't this guy. It was. It was Cole Komet. He wow. had 93 targets. When? when? Nobody knows. 93 and no touchdowns somehow. 93 targets, 60 receptions, 612 receiving yards, zero receiving touchdowns. He played all 17 games. He was a tight end 20. I feel like 60 receptions, 612 yards is pretty decent for a tight end. But since he had zero touchdowns, he was the tight end 20. How are we feeling about him next year, right? Because they even have, like, somehow worse weapons than they did last year. I I don't know how you went worse from what you did in 2021, but you got rid of Allen Robinson, who really didn't do much anyways, but and added pretty much nothing. Now, Jimmy Graham is officially not signed by them. He's still a free agent. Who knows what's going on? Hopefully retirement. Let's say Komet, let's say he would have scored five touchdowns last year, which is not very much. It's a normal amount for a tight end, a starting tight end. That would have put him around the tight end 12, and that's still, I mean, that's increasing his touchdowns by five. That would have been where Noah Fant and Pat Firemuth ended up. Gross, right? I don't know. I'm not excited. I'm not excited for him. Like, yeah, he'll get more touchdowns because he has to, but it's not going to be enough to make up the difference to, like, put him into this top eight conversation. And that's all I even care about for tight ends is, like, can you even get close to the top top eight? Because that means you have, like, ten usable weeks maybe, and that's what I'm looking for out of tight end, and I don't know if he will. Here's my concern, though, is that, like, despite the lack of production here – I do feel like everybody is still hyped on Cole Komet because they think, like, well, it can't get worse. Well, they also think his targets are going to be crazy because there's no one on the team. And it's like, there was no one on the team last year, and he did have 93 targets. Like, how many more targets do we think this dude's going to get? Now, if he does put up just a solid amount of touchdowns, it'll be okay, but it's not going to be a fun tight end season to have. It'll be like... Like Pat Firemouth was fun at times because he put those touchdowns together, you know, so he gave you some bigger games. I don't know if Cole Komet is ever going to have, like, a two-touchdown game, is he? Because he had zero all last year. I don't know how many games he's going to put up two <laughs> in one game. Uh, maybe this offense gets much better. I just can't see that happening. Yeah. And their offensive line is so bad, they're probably going to need him to block. I don't know. It's not. It's not great. Gross. I'm not loving it. Gross. All right, that's our trivia section. I always like doing those. Those are fun. Kate, you got owned. Today. I did. I mean, when you guys both said Antonio Brown and Randy Moss like that, what in the world? All right. Jake and I are. That was a redemption start a moment. We went in different <laughs> it's directions. It's gonna be all snaps. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of amazing wide receivers, let's jump into our talk of the town and get into Gabriel Davis. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Talk of the town. You're the talk of the town. Talk of the town. Now, people think that he, right now, right, his cost is around wide receiver 35, 36. People think his ceiling is much higher than that. They think he could be a top 24 wide receiver this year. Do you guys agree? Do, Do you think that's, you know, do you think that's a possible, A, and do you think it's realistic, B, where are we at here, Jake? I guess it's slightly possible, but I would not call it realistic or probable. I would say it is certainly not probable that he vaults up into the top 20, let alone top 24, or even top 30 is like really cutting it close for me. He had no target share last year. He had 10% target share he was behind you know Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley and cool that those guys are gone for him and that's where I think a lot of the hype comes from this year it's like man those guys are gone now it's 
game, Davis season. Like, why wasn't it last year? Those guys were not special last year. It could have been Gabe Davis season last year. It wasn't. He had, this is an insane stat, 22% of his meager target share came in one game in week 18. He got 14 targets that week against the Jets, I believe it was. And he put up 39 yards and zero touchdowns off of 14 targets. So he had opportunities, and everybody likes that four-touchdown game that he got like a week or two later in the playoffs. I heard about that. And they like to focus on that. But they don't focus on this little guy in Week 18. And I feel like, yeah, of course it's somewhere in between, but I'm just not confident that it's going to be anything meaningful. All right, Kate, what are your thoughts on Gabe Davis? Are you as much of a Debbie Downer as Jake is? It's a holy hell no (laughs) for me. A holy hell no. I like I just don't I don't understand like I obviously we see the upside here we saw I mean that that 200 yard four touchdown game really hard to ignore but he's played 32 career games and he's just had one single finish as a wide receiver one that is a lot of lost weeks if you ever tried to put him in your lineup you're playing Russian roulette. Like, you don't know when he's going to go off. You have no idea when he's going to have zero yards or 200 yards. Just too unpredictable. Even uh, only four career finishes as a wide receiver, two or better. So that that includes his one game as a wide receiver, one. Like, not, not good. My concern with Gabriel <laughs> Davis, I do think he'll have some good games. He is on a very productive offense. He's tied to a excellent quarterback and I think you kind of have to leave it at that the hype I think has just gotten so overblown in terms of just like understanding his upside he literally had the same number of targets in 2020 his rookie season compared to his sophomore season 61 targets in each of those he caught 35 passes in both of those seasons which is like remarkable consistency but Like, if you make that second-year leap, I do think that we would have seen some increase in target share. I will say. So I am the one that's kind of on the Gabe Davis side here. I don't have a strong opinion either way. I think his ADP is fair. I really do, because I think he does have a higher ceiling. I I think I could see him being the wide receiver, too, in this offense. Now, it wasn't that long ago where we were obsessed with third-year breakouts at the wide receiver position. Third-year breakout. It takes wide receivers time. This was just a couple years ago. We were like, it always takes wide receivers time in the league. It's a third-year breakout. And now we've been so blessed with the uh, Jamar Chases and the Justin Jeffersons and all of these guys coming out in year one and actually producing that we've just thrown that completely away. Like, we, it's not that long ago, Chris Godwin didn't do a whole lot in his first two years. Like, 500, 600, 700 yards of each of the first two years. Broke out in his third year. Calvin Ridley, once he got the targets, broke out in his third year. Like, this was a thing we were looking for just a few off-seasons ago, who was going to be that third-year breakout. And now, all of a sudden, if you don't break out in your first two years, you're garbage. Like, I'm not saying that changed gar- very I'm quickly. I'm not – no, 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 no. I'm not saying he's garbage. I, like because he didn't break out in his first two seasons. Like we have been very spoiled with the quality of our young wide receivers. I don't think that like it, third year breakouts have been a thing for forever. Like yeah. we know that we know that. But my whole point is not that he didn't break out in either of these two seasons. It's that we saw really no growth. Well, whatsoever. he had two guys in front of him where you can say whatever you want about Emmanuel Sanders, but they signed him as a vet. And he's been a very good wide receiver his entire career, and he was going to play. Like, that's, what it, that's what's going to happen. And then Cole Beasley was Josh Allen's dude. He just was. I don't know. Cole Beasley and him had that connection. And I'm sure <clears throat> Jamison Crowder is probably going to come in and fill that same exact We have no role. idea, though. Jamison Crowder, A, never stays healthy, and I just don't think he's very good. So there's that. If he couldn't even make it on the Jets, where there's no goddamn wide receivers, I don't know why all of a sudden he would 
push in the Bills. Like, yeah, he'll get his targets, but I don't think it's going to be Cole Beasley type targets. I think he's better. And then Emmanuel Sanders, he missed three games last year, and this is not including the playoff game, so it has nothing to do with that. his massive playoff game. Emmanuel Sanders missed three games, and Gabriel Davis's targets doubled. I mean, he saw 3.4 targets in games with him playing, 7.3 targets in games without him on it's super small sample size, but that would be a pace for 125 targets on the year. His touchdown rate doubled. His fantasy points went from 7.2 per game to 12.5. Like, we saw an increase just with Emmanuel Sanders gone. And he's gone, and they really haven't filled that role at all. You could say they filled the Cole Beasley one fine. They have not filled the Emmanuel Sanders role. That I do think Gabe Davis is going into that. And one last thing real quickly is we look at yards per route run on PFF to say, okay, and it's actually pretty sticky in this way. If a guy explain sticky, sticky means consistent. So a stat that's consistent from year to year and something that you can look at to see, to predict out what will happen when a guy, maybe he ran a fewer routes to start off his career. But once you start getting more routes, how many yards per route run will you get? How productive will you be with that? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So last year, including the playoffs, yes, I am including his big game, but Gabe Davis averaged 2.03 yards per route run. There was only 10 guys ahead of him in this stat last season. It was Cooper Cup, Devo Samuel, Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyler Lockett, T. Higgins, and Tyreek Hill. So that's a pretty good list. And I get it includes his playoff game, which is going to maybe skew some things a bit, but even without that, he had a solid yards per route run. Give him more routes, he's going to produce. So I don't think 900 yards and eight touch because he's been, what he scored last year, seven touchdowns in the regular season. I don't think saying eight touchdowns and 900 yards is that crazy. And that puts you around the, I mean, he could at least do what Christian Kirk did last year, and Christian Kirk was a wide receiver 25. Outside of that single playoff game, he didn't do anything. He had 590 receiving yards. I know, like, we can't just take away games, but, like, when the – that's, like, the biggest chunk of yards. It's a big chunk. It's a big chunk. But And it is, like, at the end of the year, his stats could reflect a top 25. And, like I say, I don't think it's probable, but they could. But are you going to enjoy how you got there with him? I, for one, don't think you will because I think that game – or two is going to come out of nowhere to surprise you. It's like, are you going to start a guy every week knowing that that 14 targets, 39 yard game is well within the realm of possibilities? Yeah. And maybe you can get a multi-touchdown game, but like, I don't want to play that game. And that's why I'm out on Gabe Davis. So yeah, it's feasible. I just don't think it's probable. So let's look at his ADP, right? Cause this is what people are so upset about wide receiver 34 right now. Going as wide receiver 33 is Jerry Judy, who has also done absolutely nothing his first few years and was supposed to be a superstar coming out of college. He gets Russell Wilson. He's a complete question mark, though. I like him, but he's another complete question mark. After him, you have Cortland Sutton, which is ridiculous. He should be going way higher, and he will be. When it comes to August and September, that's not his actual ADP. Get out of here. I don't care. It'll be way higher than that. I'm not comparing those two. Obviously, I'd take Cortland Sutton over Gabriel Davis. After that, Robert Woods coming off an ACL tear over 30 years old with a new team. Like, no, I would rather take Gabriel Davis there. But even if not, right, if you're thinking right now, there's still two massive question marks between Robert Woods and Gabe Davis. Brandon Ayuk massively disappointed last year and gets Trey Lance. We have no idea what that offense is going to look like. Juju Smith-Schuster goes to Patrick Mahomes. Awesome. But and it's a guy that Kate and I really like this year. Still a huge question mark. Chase Claypool, huge question mark. Allen Robinson, did he die last year? Nobody knows what's going to happen to him. Christian Kirk, like, I think his ADP is fine. It's fair. These are a whole group of guys with massive question marks. Massive question marks, but I will say I think the floor for a lot of these guys feels a lot safer. Maybe the upside isn't as high, but I do think, like, on a week-to-week basis, yeah, I'm probably going to have Adam Thielen in my lineup more often than I'm going to trust Gabriel Davis. Well, Adam Thielen's going six wide receiver spots in front of him. That's fair. Uh, But Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, 
Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Uh, Robert Woods is probably the one guy out of all those names that you mentioned that I've had kind of a question mark about just due to health. But like all of those guys are people that I'd feel more comfortable knowing that they're not going to poop the bed. I think what you're buying into is the Bills offense and you're buying into him stepping into that wide receiver two role. Then buy and, Juju Smith-Schuster. And you, I mean, it's another question mark. We don't know how this new offense is going to look. Brian Dable's gone. Maybe it doesn't include a, a gazillion targets to the slot position like it was to Cole Beasley. And that's expecting Jameson Crowder just to jump in and learn the system and be used as much as Beasley and stay healthy, which he cannot do. So I don't know. I, I don't hate Gabriel Davis as much as everyone else does. Am I dying? I think I just hate talking about Gabriel Davis. That's what I really hate. Because you're right. This happens every single offseason. And like throughout the season, it happens. I remember this question coming up all the time during last season of like, this is the week, any week now, Gabriel Davis. It's like, at a certain point, I'm just like overwhelmed with talking about it. And I want, and maybe that's my aversion to Gabe Davis is like, it's been in my brain for too long. I need to get him out of here. I need to exercise this demon and talk about a different <laughs> wide receiver. I need to move on. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll do you a salad here. We won't move on to another wide receiver, but we'll get into our tight ends, our second year tight ends, which the first one is basically a wide receiver. So I got you there. Kyle Pitts, right? Let's jump right into this. Kyle Pitts is obviously that top tight end off the board in his second year. Right now, he's being drafted tight end three, tight end four. It depends on what draft you're in. It seems like it goes back and forth between George Kittle and Kyle Pitts. And Darren Waller, I can throw him in there. It's normally Travis Kelsey first, Mark Andrews second, and then you got that Kyle Pitts range. It's high. I mean, his cost is very high. Do we feel good about taking him that high in drafts? Do I feel good? as in I feel locked in confident that I'm getting Travis Kelsey-like production or anywhere near that? No. But when I compare Kyle Pitts to what everything is after him in ADP, like he's my dividing line. If I'm going to get a tight end and feel anywhere confident about it, it's Kyle Pitts because after that, it gets bleak really fast for me. And then I would have to be the guy who waits until the very end of the draft to just kind of punt the position. But with Kyle Pitts, I mean, I understand it's a completely different offense here with Marcus Mariota coming in, but 110 targets, 1,000-yard season, one of the most productive rookie tight end seasons of all time. I, it's hard for me to not just be a little excited about that and want to shoot for the moon with him. So what do his touchdowns go up to next year? Because he had a whole one last year. How much does that increase with Marcus Mariota, now the quarterback, or Desmond Ritter, in an offense that's probably gonna be pretty bad like, hot take i i mean it could be like it, the weapons in this offense are decent enough like they're all right i think a very reasonable projection for kyle pitts would be 4.5 touchdowns 4.5 yeah but only because i can't decide uh what you know Four or five. <laughs> okay. Jake, <laughs> how many touchdowns do you think he gets? I actually, I think I'm the optimist out of this group because I could see anywhere between six to eight touchdowns still being very feasible. I look back to what Mariota's done, and I, I know, like, his totals have been not a lot. And we can talk about that in terms of what his passing totals are. But, like, I just think about Delaney Walker and ha him having his most productive seasons – at like the age of 33 is when Mariota came to town and he boomed for like three years in a row. And some of that was because he at least had like respectable touchdowns. And Kyle Pitts is not just a tight end. He's a tight end wide receiver. So I'm keeping the optimism that the rookie wide receiver coming in is not going to get much. And I'm out there. But I am in on Kyle Pitts getting that six to eight. Yeah, Delaney Walker in 2016, he did put up 800 receiving yards, seven receiving touchdowns with Marcus Mariota. That next year, he still had 800 receiving yards, but it went down to three receiving touchdowns. I have, I would probably put him more in that four to five range as well with Kate. Now, I, I do think he, he'll get his receptions. He's going to get his yards. Super talented player. In PPR leagues, he's going to be all right. 
right? Like I, I don't love him at his cost because you said that's a strong line for you right there. I'm looking at Dalton Schultz and you're going to get him like four rounds later and he's probably going to outproduce him in a Cowboys offense where he outproduced him by a lot last year. Uh, he was, Dalton Schultz was a tight end three. He had 208 fantasy points. Kyle Pitts only had 176. They both played 17 games. Uh, Schultz averaged two more points per game than Pitts. Pitts was a rookie. I get it. But Dalton Schultz, that was really his first year of like playing a ton, a ton, and being Dak Prescott's dude. And I, I think now with Amari Cooper gone, yes, I love Jalen Tolbert, but I still think Dalton Schultz is going to see even more targets be used more in the red zone, even more. He can have more touchdowns. Like I don't see why his fantasy points would decline this year at all. I'm easily just waiting on Dalton Schultz four rounds later than taking Kyle Pitts. Do we at all have concern, though, like looking at Marcus Mariota, low touchdown total. So Matt Ryan threw for 20 touchdowns last year, which is tied for the second worst or the second fewest in his entire career. And Marcus Mariota in his last two seasons with Tennessee in 28 games started only had 24 touchdowns. Like, that's bad. Yeah, when you, when you have 13 touchdowns of 15 interceptions, yeah, I would consider that pretty bad. But I'm, I'm just saying, so like, <laughs> this, was, this was Matt Ryan at his worst. And that resulted in one touchdown for Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Does we all know going from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota is worse. Yes. Desmond Ritter though. So to the moon, baby. I mean, we I need... was going to say, how many games does Desmond Ritter play next year, and how does that factor into this equation? Then I guess. But and also Desmond Ritter would have to be a Baker Mayfield type in his rookie season, where he scored 27 touchdowns, and that was the rookie record at that time. Justin Herbert then beat it afterwards. I don't think any of us think Desmond Ritter is going to put up Justin Herbert numbers in his if rookie Desmond season. If Desmond Ritter played, I would bet that he'd throw 20 touchdowns at least. I mean, Zach Wilson didn't get close to that. Trevor Lawrence didn't get close to that. I think Desmond Ritter is so pro-ready and nobody gives him credit. Fine. Trevor Lawrence was also pro-ready. I mean, supposedly the, Sam Darnold was supposed to be pro-ready. Look <laughs> how that worked out. Like the worst quarterback of all time. So I don't know. I have two words for you. Urban Meyer. I have two more words for you. Whatever the Jets coach Sam name Darnold. is that I no, forgot. The name is <laughs> just Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. <laughs> Adam okay, Gase. Yeah, it not. was Adam Gase. Adam Gase, that's the one. Not, we're not talking about Zach Wilson here. We know the Jets coach last year wasn't Adam Gase. We're, we're given an we're excuse for Sam Darnold, even though. Sam Darnold's still looking for an excuse yeah. for Sam Darnold. I don't know. Sam Darnold <laughs> thinks that he can be one of the best quarterbacks in the league still. Me you too, gotta, bud. You got to have that confidence. You love it. Me you too. love to see it. All right, moving on to the second tight end in this class, Pat Fryermuth for the Steelers. He did pretty well last year. Like, I think everyone knew Pat Fryermuth was a good tight end coming out of school, like, really good prospect. And But for fantasy, you know, we weren't expecting him to do a whole lot in his rookie season because most tight ends don't, and he wasn't the Kyle Pitts-type prospect where he's basically a wide receiver. But Pat Fryermuth had a really decent season. He was a tight end 13 last year he had some really solid stretches where you could plug him in your lineup and you'd be pretty good because he was scoring those touchdowns do we think he's going to regress this year in fantasy points with the new wide receivers they added with george pickens and maybe calvin austin gets involved and then you know more importantly they go from big ben to mitch trubisky i'm gonna just say mitch trubisky i don't think it'll be um kenny pickett what how what are our feelings here he was a tight end one in 44% of games last year. That's pretty decent. How we That's really good. It's really good. And as a, as a rookie, again, nobody had these high expectations. I still maintain if Pat Fryermuth came out this year, he would be so crazy hyped. If he was part of the 2022 draft class, it would be insane hype machine around him. But because he was overshadowed by Pitts, we just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll check back in with you later kind of deal. Meanwhile, he's crushing it as you said i mean his red zone targets were really good he was second in the team just barely under deontay johnson in that respect it seemed like he caught everything 
And I want to throw out this little stat because it's it's totally not arbitrary. And uh, uh, obviously, uh, I didn't pick this week for any specific reason. But from week seven on, he scored the exact same amount of fantasy points per game as Dalton Schultz. So, Ooh. you know, pretty big time. Spicy. He was really good there in the second half of the season. And it's not like Ben Roethlisberger threw a lot of touchdowns last year. I believe he had 22. I'll, I'll check that real quick. That's two more than Matt Ryan. Yeah, so it's not like Ben was throwing <laughs> all these touchdowns and you say, well, those you know those have to go down next year because Mitch Trubisky can't possibly throw 22 touchdowns. Like, he has done that in the season. He's not Marcus Mariota level. Um, That's not- two two fewer touchdowns than Marcus Mariota threw <laughs> in over two, his final two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Ben did throw 22 touchdowns last year. So I do think he will be Mitch Trubisky's guy still in the end zone near that area in that area. It's like Deontay Johnson's really good, but he's smaller. Like he's not going to be used down there as often. He's going to have to kind of break off those touchdowns or get a slant or something like that. Maybe Chase Claypool's touchdown numbers go up, but I still think Pat Frymouth is going to be a really solid tight end to draft late he is going to be touched on or bust but that's most tight ends in fantasy how are you feeling about their cost right so if you have to either choose Kyle Pitts at cost or Pat Fryermuth at cost because they're probably a good eight round difference which one are you going with see because Pat gets to that range where you're basically just punting and again I, I he's my punt option at the end of the draft because of what he did. My only my only hesitation with Fryermuth is just, what if Trubisky decides to hyper-target one dude and that dude is not Pat Fryermuth? You know, and that's, I think, a very real possibility. But at cost, there's not much risk to that. So I think I might do Pat. Now, Trey Burton, back in 2018, everyone's love of Trey Burton. He was going to be the next breakout tight end. He was going to be so good. He had an okay season with Trubisky. Now, it was a disappointment from what we thought, but he was still the tight end eight, which makes zero sense. I'm old enough to remember when he was going to be like no, but, Travis Kelsey. But No, but we pretty much all had him around tight end eight. We were just excited for him. It just turned out that tight end eight sucked, right? Like <laughs> Nobody wanted the tight end eight. It was a crappy season, but he was still the tight end eight. And I do think Pat Fryermuth is a much better talent than Trey Burton. So it's not like we've never seen Trubisky uh favor a tight end it's just will he do it in this offense we shall see it's a question mark I mean I could easily picture Deontay Johnson being like the kind of Allen Robinson role where Deontay Johnson just sees again like a million targets and he again ends up being the biggest PPR value I would like I I just worry there there's so many weapons like I know people talk about like the lack of depth at the receiver position, but like I think George Pickens in the mix, Chase Claypool, though he's a um, moron at times, like he's still really talented, um, like very, uh, very talented in terms of like what he can do physically. Najee Harris is a receiving running back. Like there's just so many moving pieces. You need the starting quarterback to lock in on Pat Fryermuth. But the good thing is he's so far and away, like the tight end one for this team. He's going to be on the field. Yeah. And I will say we started to see that breakout when Eric Ebron kind of had his injury issues in the middle of the season and he wasn't playing as much. And then Pat Fryermuth kind of stole his job, but that was after. So Ebron got hurt uh, before week eight and missed pretty much the rest of that season. Now he's a free agent. The Steelers didn't resign him. I, I'm surprised he's still a free agent. He's not somewhere. He's talented enough to be on a team. But now Chase Claypool doesn't have to compete with him for snaps, and that's a pretty big deal as well. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. You really added a lot there. It's just it's, – I'm so sick of trying to project tight ends at this stage because I'm so – bad at it so i feel like (laughs) if i agree with you it's going to be jinxing it even though i want to all right all right let's move on to our we'll each go through one sleeper tight end that's going into a second year now again it's hard to find a sleeper tight end these are not guys that you're going to be drafting in redraft leagues they're guys that you want to keep an eye on maybe someone that 
if they do end up producing in the top, you know, beginning of the season, you know, puts up a solid enough game, you just look at them on the waivers and think about it. Or if you're in Dynasty, uh, a tight end that you can get. All right, let's all go through one of our favorite sleepers at the tight end position, a guy that's going into his second season. These are not guys that you'll be drafting in redraft leagues, but just someone to keep an eye on. Maybe you'll be picking them up off waivers next season. Or if you play Dynasty Leagues, uh, maybe you want to trade for them now while they're still cheap, or maybe they're even on your waiver. So, Jake, who's your favorite second-year tight end that's in that sleeper range? I think this guy is definitely on waivers in most leagues, even tight end premium leagues. I would venture a guess that you can find John Bates, tight end for Washington, and he's barely a name. Like, I don't know if that name registers with anybody, but I assure you he's a real person. In fact, he replaced Logan Thomas last year. Logan Thomas went through two different injuries, but the first one, a hamstring injury that landed him on IR for six weeks. So Bates came in and he kind of got thrown into the melee halfway through the season. He put up respectable, but not inspiring stats for a rookie tight end. But here's the thing I want to focus on. The second injury for Logan Thomas was an ACL tear in week 13. So we don't know for sure that he's going to come back and be ready right away. There hasn't been a lot of news coming out about him. We'll obviously just have to track this throughout the offseason. But if John Bates does start the season with Carson Wentz now there, we know that Wentz has historically relied on tight ends quite a lot. And yes, some of that was just because Zach Ertz is good. Dallas Goddard is good. But even last year in Indy, that amalgam of tight ends, which I don't think anybody thought was all that great, racked up almost 21% of the target share. Carson Wentz likes those guys. So John Bates, if Logan Thomas has any kind of injury, at least he has this path to immediate hype. We're like, pick him up, stash him on your team. And then Thomas' injury is lingering and, oh, the sky's falling. Now, at least, if nothing else, you can try and trade the guy for, like, a third-round pick or something and and or hold on to him and see if he has a couple of boom, ba- boom games. Boom boom boom, 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 boom. <laughs> a, a boom aims. A boom aims. A, the boom aims. I like it. I was thinking about him. Are, do we think Logan Thomas is going to be back healthy? He is old. I don't know. He's old I man. Think is, he, is he that old? I think so. Like he's uh, 28. I thought maybe he was already 29. 30. No, he might be 29. Okay. No, Probably he's 30. I was right, guys. He's 30. Oh man. Oh jeez. Yeah, he's basically retired then. But he's also about to be 31 because he turns 31 July 1st. So Happy birthday. 31. He is an old man. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's what you're hoping for, though. Is is like he doesn't start the year. Oh well, I mean, I'm sure he's not hoping for that. Not for him personally. I mean, just for John Fingers crossed, Logan. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My guy already had his tight end retire, his old man tight end. Uh, Jack Doyle retired. So I'm going to go with Kalen Granson from the Colts. He's going into his second year. He was a fourth-round pick by the Colts last year in 2021 draft. He got a lot of hype coming out of camp last offseason. Now, it didn't turn into much. He did barely nothing in his rookie season, but – a fourth-round rookie tight end, typically does nothing much. So I'm not worried about that. Like I said, Jack Doyle retired. He led the Colts tight ends with 264 routes run last year. Mo Cox was right behind him. Now Mo Cox will still be there. But I don't think Mo Cox is that talent that's just going to like dictate getting all of the tight end snaps. Uh, so I do think Granson will get his chance. I know they drafted Jelani Woods, but I think he's going to have that same type of season, that rookie season, where he doesn't do a whole lot. It'll take him some time. And Matt Ryan loves his tight ends. He just fed rookie Kyle Pitts nonstop. And I I know he's a great talent, but still, he was a rookie tight end. He fed him nonstop. That's impressive. He made Austin Hooper a ton of money. Like, legit Austin Hooper should absolutely love Matt Ryan. And then Tony Gonzalez, yes, he's a Hall of Famer, maybe the best tight end of all time. But he made him very, very productive at age 37, like age 37, he still got him 900 receiving yards. Like, the whole time Matt Ryan played with Tony Gonzalez, he was an old, old man. It was 34, 35, 36, 37. There's an old man tight end out there still doing his thing. 
yes, it's Tony Gonzalez more than Matt Ryan, but still, Matt Ryan loves his tight ends. Uh, and somehow, some way, the second leader on the Colts in receiving yards last year was Zach Pascal. Woof. Don't ask how, but 384 receiving yards made him the second leader, second most receiving yards on that team, which is just insane. And now Zach Pascal's on the Eagles. He's not even on the Colts anymore. They did very little to add to that room. T.Y. Hilton is still not signed. We don't know if he's going to retire or what. Uh, Alec Pierce, sure. Yeah, they drafted him in the second round. We'll see what happens. He doesn't scream to me I'm going to get a ton of targets in my rookie season. I I just think if – I think this guy has a shot. If he has some talent in him, I think he'll produce. I really do in his second season. I mean, I and like he's it. like 30 years younger than Logan Thomas. So he's got that. Yes, going for 40. Him. Correction. He's 40 years younger. I will say there is a report <laughs> out of OTAs and we, we know how much those matter. Three more touchdowns for Matt Ryan. This guy says nice catch by Kalen Granson was one of those touchdowns. So Ooh. look at him. He's playing on the first team <laughs> with Matt Ryan. Come on, let's go. I All like right. it. Yeah, that's fair. It's all coming together. Yeah, Kate, who's your sleeper tight end? Really excited to cap off this discussion with Brevin Jordan, the tight end for the Houston Texans. Everybody loves to talk about the Texans. Everybody loves to talk about the Texans. But you know what? Uh, I think we'd all be in agreement that there is lots of opportunity to be had with the Texans, right? Like looking at their roster in 2021, you had Brandon Cooks, 134 targets, Outside of that, Nico Collins saw the second most targets. When? <laughs> Nobody knows. He 60, had more receiving yards than Zach Pascal. 60 <laughs> total targets on the season. I think like this is just a team that sorely needs a wide receiver two or a uh, anything to function as a receiving option. I mean, like one, two, three, four, five different players had – 30 to 40 targets in this offense. Like it was just kind of a hodgepodge, but Brevin Jordan, he was inactive for his first seven games. He was a healthy scratch, like clearly not ready, but let all rookies and uh, rookie tight ends and passer rating while targeted. You looked at Pat Fryermuth and he was like this well-rounded tight end, but Brevin Jordan was like a very capable uh, receiver tight end and yards after the catch were his specialty. So looking at maybe what his skill set is based on and like comparing that to what maybe the Houston Texans could really use. Like if you're, if you're really gung ho on Davis Mills and you want to give him every chance to succeed, I would say uh, maybe take a little bit of that pressure off of him as a passer and get those guys that can create those yards after the catch. That's Brevin Jordan for me. Uh, in his three seasons in college, ranked third in receptions, fifth in receiving yards, six in scrimmage touchdowns over that three-year span. Uh, give this Miami prospect a try. <laughs> I don't know. Like, just give him, <laughs> give him a go. He's super athletic. He's athletic. He's just – I think he's – um, well-rounded enough to do something, and the situation dictates that they need someone to catch a ball, please. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Jake, after hearing Kate and my talks, who is your favorite tight end out of this group? John Bates is <laughs> my favorite tight end. Who would be your group? second favorite? I pass. <laughs> Honestly, it is. It's so gross to talk about these guys, and and I know that like what we're really hoping for again is just like some modicum of success. It's not going to be. We're nobody's writing these guys as like top five producers. Um, I would say if I could get over my nerves of Jelani Woods, Jelani Woods. I'm sorry, I forget how to pronounce his first name. But if I could get rid of those nerves about the rookie tight end going to Indy. Then I would go with Kyle Granson. Yeah, I'm not too worried about Jelani Woods. Okay. I'm just not. Fine. Maybe next year. And maybe he takes Mo Ali Cox's job, you know. Or, I mean, maybe Granson does nothing and then he, you know, takes those snaps too. But 
I either think either but Mo one... Ali Cox is 18 feet yeah. tall, <laughs> yeah. so he's gonna hang on to it. I either think Granson and Woods will do pretty much nothing this year, or Granson will break out. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Kate, I just want to hear good things about my debate. Yeah, I was my, say, I my like research. You're only marginally so, biased. John Bates or Granson? Tell me who you like better now after hearing Jake and I speak. And there's only one right answer. Kylan Granson or I sleep on the couch? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I was going to say, re- remember, we only have to communicate via text and Zoom. So uh, just keep that in the back of your head. <laughs> no, but for real. For, for real. For real. I won't be mad. Um, I like I'm inclined to say that I don't think any of these tight ends are really going to make it. Guys, <laughs> why did we do this segment? <laughs> you... Because we have to. No, I actually believe my takes. I'm not like you guys saying, oh, no, this is just pointless. I actually believe no, I'd that Granson's a goodbye right now. I'd probably say John Bates. Okay. Well, no, actually, no, no. It's fine. You Can I reframe the question? I want to reframe the question yeah. because I don't want it to be like, who's like the best tight end? Who is the person out of this group that most realistically you could pick up and add to your team right now and get something out of, whether it's usable weeks or trading later on for profit? That's how uh, I want to That's a better question. question. That's a better question. I'll actually go with Granson here. And I think that that comes down to opportunity for me. I think Brevin Jordan has the clearest pathway to opportunity out of all of these options here. But Kylan Granson, given the the preference that Matt Ryan has for the tight end position, the history we've seen for him to throw to the tight end, and just based on the fact that we don't necessarily have a ton of other pass catchers here, um, I'll – I'll go with Granson. Good cool. job, Michelle. Well, you guys can't get them in any of your leagues because I have them already. <laughs> All right. You know what? God. Right. If you want Ronald Jones, you're going to have to give up Kyle Granson. How about that? How about I know. That? I offered Jake his love, Tim Patrick, for your hate, Ronald jo- Jones, and you declined it. So I just think you're a phony. You're a phony. I have too many dart throw wide receivers on that You're team already. Phony. I need dart throw running backs is what I need. Okay. You know what? Just for that, I'm going to hold on to Ronald Jones out of spite, and he's going to go off for a I thousand yards. I don't even want Ronald Jones. I don't know what I was thinking. I must have had too many white claws or something <laughs> that day. All right. That's it for our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I do think our second record was better, so you guys got the better version. Congrats. I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm happy for all of us. Woo. Hit us up on Twitter uh, if you have any questions during the week, doing any drafts, fun times. You can find me, Michelle, at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEm. You can find me, Kate, at FFBallBlast. You can find me, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, And check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.